Come on in and welcome to On The Being Podcast. I am so excited that you have joined me, the host, Marquita Green, as I have come to empower you and to inspire and encourage you to find the balance in your life. You know where it is to be on the beam of life, that place where you might be overwhelmed, that place where you are wearing so many hats, and you might feel a little unbalanced and a little off kilter. Well, hopefully these few nuggets that I will give you will just keep you grounded and allow you to find balance while on the beam of life. Stay tuned. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. You see, there's power in the woman. We are in Women's History Month. There is power of the voice of the woman. There is power of the testimony of the woman. And it is important that each and every one of us recognize the power that we carry. It says in quotes, he told me everything I ever did. And we're going to get back to that. Before we do, I just want to go before the throne. Heavenly and gracious Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to just sit at your feet. I thank you for the word that you have poured into me. And I pray that you allow me to deliver it in the way that your daughters need to receive it, oh God. I pray that you just open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you have prepared for us on tonight. I pray that you just get rid of any distractions that are coming in our way and that you allow our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be open for what it is that you are doing in this hour. And Father, I love you. I praise you. Decrease me in the name of Jesus and increase the spirit so that they do not hear me, but they hear you, oh God. Father, I love you and I praise you. It is in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I've already said that we're in Women's History Month, and that's why we're talking about the women, and that's why we're talking about wearing crowns. Many of you know, I've said it before, but I am from West Philadelphia, and so I oftentimes will introduce myself, and when I say that, I use the theme song. I live in Florida now, but, you know, I have to say the theme song from First Prince of Bel-Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, I won't give you the rest, I'll keep it moving, but that becomes critical because for those of you who may not know, just recently, Will Smith came up with another version, a more modernized version of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that TV show was out some years ago. But now there's a series called Bel-Air. And in this series, it talks about the backdrop, the backstory of what happened to make that show so successful. And that appears to have been somewhat of a true story, at least to some extent. I say all of this because as I was watching Bel Air to get caught up on the new series, there was a specific quote that I've heard mentioned in the television show over and over, and it has stuck with me. And I'm going to tell you the quote because it is right in line with what we're talking about. And that's what God sent me to, to encourage you all for tonight. The quote that Will Smith's mother had said to him over and over is, your crown is waiting for you as soon as you get the courage to wear it. I don't think y'all heard me, so I'm gonna say that again. Your crown is waiting for you 
as soon as you get the courage to wear it. And that's why we're talking about wearing your crown. How many of you are actually wearing your crown? How many of you have courageously, boldly, and unapologetically put that crown on that God has already predestined for your life? And somebody may be saying, well, I'm not really a queen. Why would I walk around with a crown? Well, we're not talking about the physical crown. We're talking about the imaginary crown that is placed upon your head each and every day because the way that God sees you is as a queen he sees you above all else he sees you as the head he sees you as the winner and all of that that God sees you as is what he wants you to see you as as you're looking in the mirror and somebody may be saying oh I'm confident oh I have it all together oh I don't need this well maybe this isn't for you queen maybe this is for you to pass the message on to somebody else. So don't miss hold of the message. This is our season. This is our opportunity to embrace what God is doing in our lives. And we're using the example tonight of the woman at the well, because guess what? You may not be able to physically see it, but she walked with the crown on her head. She stood up and the authority that the crown gives and she moved forward and did exactly what you do when you wear your crown. And so we're gonna talk about her a little bit, but before we jump into the text, let's talk a little bit about what this crown looks like. I want you to close your eyes for a second and imagine what this crown looks like. If someone placed a crown on your head, think for a moment, just imagine with me, what would that crown look like? How how large would it be? Would it be gold or would it be silver? Would it be full of diamonds? Would it just have rubies? What would that thing look like? Where would you place it on your head? How would you keep it on your head? If you had it on your head, what would that do to your posture, Jesus? What would it mean for you to physically have a crown placed on your head? We tend to think of a crown as this headdress, as the circular thing that we place on the center of our head that typically we see when someone is showing their symbol of authority. It is often a queen that is related to a king. It is often someone who was in some type of a competition, some type of pageant. And we see that the, the queen or the winner is crowned at the end. But there's a crown on your head that you don't want to miss in this season. This crown represents the top or the highest part of a thing. If you think about it, it sits at the top of your head. It is the thing that people often notice before before they even see the person. But that same thing that is what we see on the TV shows, that we see in the pageants, that we see on the, the Queen of England and everyone else, that is the same crown that rests upon your head. And I don't want you to miss that. What the crown symbolizes is some type of reward of victory. It is some type of mark or honor. And in the same way that it symbolizes those things for the people who actually have the the physical crown placed upon those heads, you have already been awarded that reward of victory. You have already been marked with honor. You know the word already says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. The word already tells us that we were made in his image. The word already tells us that he's with you, that he watches you, that he has a plan for you. He's already marked you. He's already called you for a specific purpose. And now the question is, are you ready to recognize that crown that is on your head? When you open your 
eyes, you still may not see the crown, but I still want you to sit in imagination of feeling that crown in the center of your head. My God, I want you to understand what that looks like when you were seeing yourself in the mirror with a crown on. You've already described what it looks like, but what does that feel like on the inside of you when you think about the royalty that that gives, when you think about the authority that that gives? You, queen, you have that symbol of authority already. The question is, have you acknowledged it? Are you wearing it? And that's what I'm here to encourage you about tonight. For the sake of time, because I promise not to be before you long, I'm not going to go through the entire John chapter 4 up through verse 40. But what I will do is encourage you to go back and read it on your own. John chapter 4, 1 through 40. I walked through it, but I want you to go back and read it. I want you to see the words on paper and how it all relates together. As we're talking about it, though, I, I won't leave you hanging. What happens in John chapter 4, we're talking about the woman at the well. We're talking about this mysterious woman whose name we don't even know. And you hear me telling you that some Somebody is wearing a crown, that the woman at the well is wearing a crown. We don't even know her name. But yet and still, she was a queen walking in her authority. And that's why it's so important that this is the representation that God sent us to study on tonight as we're focused on women's history and what legacy we're leaving. We already know that Jesus was leaving Judea and he was headed to Galilee, but he had to make a pit stop. And he decided that the, the route that he was going to take was going to land him in Samaria. Now, if you do the study on it, some will say that that was the only route to take. Some may tell you that there, there were other routes. However you look at it, Samaria wasn't just a, a little pea of a city. He not only went and stopped in Samaria, but he stopped at this very specific well that we know was the very specific well that was created by Jacob. That becomes significant because it wasn't just any old place that he stopped at. There was significance of it. And when you're reading through the verses, you'll see that Jesus sat down at that well. In verse six, it says that he took a rest, that he needed to rest his feet. Now, how many of you know that there was no happenstance that that was the place where he went, where he just landed? There is nothing that's by coincidence of God. And that's something that we need to keep in mind. But when he sat down, when you see that in verse six, what you see is that he was there alone. When he first sat down, there wasn't anybody there. He knew, though, because we serve an all-knowing God and an all-present God, he knew that there was going to be someone coming to that well. Now, someone say, well, why? This was the noonday. This was somewhere around the mid-afternoon where Jesus decided to take his rest, where he took his rest break. There was nobody anticipated by the common community to be there at that time, because what we do know from this time is that most of those who uh, pulled water from the well did so in the morning hours. They did so before the sunshine but, or shone, before things got too hot and bothered. The women would congregate at the well in the early part of the morning before the day got miserable. You all know what that looks like in the heat of a summer day, what it looks like to be out. And most of us will try to do our errands in the morning so we can stay away from the heat. If we're going to hit the beach, we're going to do it early in the morning. We're not going to do it 
at noon or two o'clock in the afternoon because we don't want the sun beaming on, on us. And if we do, we don't want to have to do any heaven lifting at that hour. Well, Jesus was at the well at an hour where no one was going to be there because the work had already been done for the most part. But how many of you already know that there was a woman who joins him at the well soon after his arrival? What is important about that point is that Jesus was already there waiting in anticipation for that woman to come. My question to you is, do you recognize God and the place that you're currently in? When you show up, do you know that God is already there waiting in anticipation for the place that you're coming to? He is already waiting. He has already planned a path for you that he knows where you're going to be, when you're going to be there, how you're going to get there, and he's waiting for you to show up. And so a lot of times we say, I don't see God in this moment. I don't feel God in the midst of this situation. Well, guess what, Queen? God is already there. He's been waiting for you to show up. But are you are you present in the place when God shows up? When, when you get there, knowing that God is already waiting for you, are you ready to receive what he has to give you at the place that he's already prepared for you? As you continue to think about what happened with the woman at the well, she comes to the well alone. Jesus was alone. So this creates an opportunity for the two to fellowship one with another. This creates an opportunity for the woman to bring her questions to Jesus without judgment. She is able to have a conversation with him without having to worry about what other people are saying, what other people are thinking. Are you allowing those alone times with Jesus to just convene with him, to communicate with him, to commune with him, and to be intimate with him with sharing your thoughts and your feelings? That's what this woman was able to do at the well. Sometimes we look at situations in our lives and we say, oh, woe is me. Everybody in my neighborhood, everybody in my community has shunned me. Everybody at the workplace goes to lunch without me. Everybody at the ministry convenes without me. They don't invite me to the potlucks. They don't invite me to the parties. They don't invite me to the celebrations. Are you, instead of looking at it that way, are you looking at the opportunity to press into God in a whole new way? What we see when this Samaritan woman decided to convene with Jesus, when she decided to go ahead and engage in conversation with Jesus right there at the well, that he was able to offer her something that nobody else had right in her area, in her jurisdiction. She was the only one that was offered this living water. What this says is that we can't question God's providence because what he has for us is completely and solely ready for us. But are we in a place to receive what it is that he's trying to give us? Are we being isolated enough to receive the offer that he wants for us? Have you accepted the gift of the living water that God, my God, has already offered to you? Have you embraced what it is that he is trying to impart within you? As we talk about wearing your crown, have you accepted everything that he's willingly pouring into you? Are you bantering back with him? If you look at verses 11 through 14, it shows you the conversation that Jesus and the Samaritan woman had going back and forth. 
there were questions where she was questioning who he was and she was bringing up their culture. She was bringing up the fact that he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And in that time, the two did not immediately click. There wasn't a whole lot of conversations going on between those two communities because the culture said that that was not acceptable. Are you willing to go against the culture to position yourself to accept what it is that God has for you? As you continue thinking about this woman at the well, the conversation didn't just stop there. He didn't just offer the living water and walk away, but he began to get even more intimate with her. When you drop down to verses 16 through 18, Jesus begins to describe the very intimate details of this woman's life, a woman he had never met before, a woman who had never laid eyes on him before. Remember, he was from a completely different culture. So she definitely didn't expect that he would know anything about her. Why would he? How could he? They come from different worlds. But what we know about the Jesus that we serve, what we know about the God that we serve is that he's an all-knowing God. He knows every single thing about you. And if you think about it, wow. Not only does he know everything about you, but he knows it and he still chooses you. He read that woman's life inside and out from things that no one would know without knowing her. Having never seen him before, she was in amazement at what it is that he knew. The same way that those hidden things were seen in that Samaritan woman, those hidden things in you, God sees. God knows every detail about you. He knows about what happened when you were a child. He knows what happened in that relationship. He knows what happened at that party when our lights were out. He knows the nights when you weren't able to walk straight. He knows the nights when you were taken advantage of. He knows the secrets that you kept. He knows the decisions that you made. Just like he knew about the Samaritan woman. He knew some of the things that she did, the secrets that she kept, the past that she lived, the relationships that she was in and out of. And in spite of that, he had still offered her the living water because he still chooses to use everything about us. If he can still use anything about our past, even the things that we don't associate with, even the reason why she was at the well alone in the middle of the day. God can still use that. So those things that you think isolated you, those things that you thought pulled you apart, those things that you, the secrets that you tried to keep in fear of judgment, God says, don't worry about it, daughter. I got you. He says, I have more for you. There is something I want to do with you. The question is, what are you hiding and why are you hiding it? In this season, as you are wearing your crown and walking in your legacy that you are building for those that are coming behind you, we can no longer hide behind the secrets of our past. We can no longer hide behind the, the, the guilt and the shame. Uh, we can no longer keep it to ourselves thinking that it's going to hurt us or hold us back. Instead, God says, I know those things and I want to use you in spite of those things. If the woman of the well could walk forward and engage in this conversation, if she could have this vulnerable, honest moment with, with God, with Jesus, then why can't we? Are we pressing into his presence enough? Are we walking in our authority enough to recognize that even in spite of, God still chooses to use us? 
How do we know that he used us? Because when we get down to verse 39, which, which was read to you multiple times tonight, the word said that it was because of her testimony, because he told her everything that she ever did, she was able to really understand who he was. She was able to walk in the fullness of the authority that he had given to her. In spite of the things that pulled her away from the people before, because remember she was going to the well alone, she didn't allow those things to keep her back. What she did instead was to say, I'm not going to use these things and I'm not going to allow them to keep me bound, but I'm going to go forward and tell my testimony to anybody who will listen. She said, it doesn't matter what you thought about me this morning. It doesn't matter what you said about me yesterday. It doesn't matter that you chose to walk away from me before. I am still walking forward in the full authority. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know why I am. And I'm still going to go forward. Are you willing to do the same? Will you embrace the crown that God has given you? And I'm not talking about this headdress put on your head. What I'm talking about is that authority. Are you willing to walk in that mark of honor that God has already created in your life? If you're wondering, well, I think I may be able to do it, but I'm not exactly sure of how to keep it on my head because I've walked in my authority before, but then I've, I've let it slip off a little bit. I've walked away a little bit. What I want to encourage you is two things. The crown will stay on your head when you walk with your head uplifted. When you think about the woman with the crown, when you think about the pages, when you think about the queens of these countries, when you see the crown on their head, you don't see them with, with their eyes bowed. You don't see them looking at the ground. You don't see them stumbling from left to right. What you see is this beautiful posture of a head held high, of the chin lifted, walking in authority. What I came to remind you is you are able to walk with your head held high because your past does not define you and your past does not determine your future. So just like the Samaritan woman was able to go into her community and say what happened to her at the well, she understood that in spite of the past that people were using against me, I don't care about that right now. I'm still going to go forward with my head held high, with my head uplifted, walking in the full authority that God just gave me. When he offered the living water, she accepted it and moved forward with her head held. If she can do it, if this unnamed woman can do it, so can you. Not only do you keep your head high and lift it up, but you have to sometimes attach the crown to your head because you don't want it to tilt a little bit. You don't want it to bend a little bit. And so what typically happens in, for, in the pageant world or in the kingdom world with those wearing a physical crown is they take something to attach the crown to the head. What I want you to visualize as I've already asked you to place this crown on your head is to think about where it sits. It sits right on the top of your mind. And this is your opportunity to say, as I'm walking with my head held high, I am no longer going to allow the battle within my mind to take over. I am releasing the battle within my mind. And the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to attach this crown to my head. I'm going to attach the crown with two things, one on my left and one on my right. And those two tools for you tonight is to attach the crown with prayer and praise. I'll need you to say that you're going to walk with your head held high and you're going to attach 
prayer and praise to your crown. What does that look like? It looks like getting in the presence of God and saying, my God, here I am. A surrender heart, a surrender mind, a surrender spirit saying, use me as you will. I am ready to walk in the full authority that you've already invested in me. The moment that you placed me in my, my mother's womb, you had a plan and purpose for my life. And I am ready to walk out that plan and purpose. I am surrendering to you in prayer that you will hear my heart, that you will hear my cries, that you will hear my pleas, that you will erase my past, my past, and that you will catapult me forward into the things that you're calling me into. A steady prayer life will help keep that crown on your head. That will help you keep your head uplifted. That will help you from stumbling when you're ready to fall, staying at his feet. Not only do you have to usher in the voice of prayer at every side, but the power of praise is going to carry you a long way. The scripture says that we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter, enter into his courts with praise. We need to honor God every chance we get, to reverence him every opportunity we get, to thank him. That is what praise looks like. It is thanking him for who he is, for what it is that he's doing, the things that we can't see, the things that we don't understand, the things that we can't feel. Just because we don't see God working doesn't mean that he's not working on our behalf. But when we usher up our praise to him, when we offer up our praise to him, he begins to feel us in a whole new way. Jesus, we are ushering in the spirit and allowing him to move on a whole other way. And so we're keeping this crown uplifted with our prayer and with our praise. And if you don't believe that these are some of the ways we can do it, I got a few examples for you. We know that God sees you. And I say it a lot. God sees you. And somebody says, how do you know God sees you? He sees us in the same way that he saw Esther. What did Esther do? Esther was a woman who was forced she was a queen by calling, but she was forced with a decision and she wasn't sure what to do, but she put that crown on her head, not the physical crown, but she put the crown of authority on her head and said, well, let me take some time to press into his presence with prayer and fasting. I am going to sit at his feet. I am going to commune with him and allow him to speak to my spirit. When she did that. God saw her and she gained his favor. Somebody says, well, how do I know? God may see me, but he may not hear me. He hears you, queen. How do we know? Because he heard Hannah. When Hannah was going through that entire situation with Panana and everything that she was battling, and, and I've shared this before on this call, he heard her weep. He heard her groan. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we don't have the words to articulate what we need. We don't have the words to articulate what we feel, but God can hear you. He hears you in your prayers. He'll hear you in your praise. He can even hear your cries. Are you ushering up to the father what it is that he needs to know that you are ready to walk forward in the full authority that he has given you? When Hannah exercised her authority through her prayer and her cries, God heard her and answered her prayers. He heard her and he hears you too. The other thing that I came to tell you is that not only does God see you and God hears you, but God feels you. When God feels you, he feels your spirit when you enter into his court in the way that I have just described. When you say, I am no longer going to walk with my 
head bowed down. When you say, I am going to walk uplifted, that I am going to be in your presence, that I am no longer going to allow other people to judge me, that I am no longer going to allow my own shame and guilt to take me out. I am not going to allow culture to dictate who I am, what I do, where I go, how I speak, and what I think, that I am going to, to be who I am. I'm going to accept the place that I'm at and allow God to use me and the exact condition that I'm in, he begins to feel you on a whole new level. How do I know? Because he felt the woman with the issue of blood. We're talking about another unnamed woman who had a miraculous overturn simply because she allowed herself to walk in the authority that God had given her. She, like the woman at the well, was shunned. She, like the woman at the well, was unnamed. And yet she said, I've got to show up. I, and even though nobody in this community, nobody in this culture, is willing to face me. If I can just get close enough to touch him, she didn't even touch his shoulder. She didn't hold his hand. She touched a little piece of his cloak and he felt her. The scripture says that God immediately felt virtue leave him. That is because he can feel you when you are walking upright, walking in prayer and praise, trusting that there is something more for you. When you walk in prayer and praise, then you have what the woman of the issue of blood had, and you have this high faith that says, I can do anything. I can achieve anything. If I can just get close enough, if I can be in his presence long enough, if I can just get close enough to him, that there is something that will be released from him into me. She had a faith that allowed her to walk in the full authority that she had. Again, these women all walked in their authority and they were able to reap the abundance thereof. And so my encouragement is to come to you tonight and encourage you to think about the woman at the well. This Samaritan woman who, like many of us, have self-constraints that hold us back from walking with our crown. We allow the things that, the decisions that we made, the things that people place upon us to hold us back from who we are. No longer will ourselves get in the way of us walking in the full authority that God has given us. We allow our community to dictate what it is that we can and cannot do. This woman was at the well in the middle of the day, starking heat, by herself, isolated, pushed away from everybody, but she still said, I am here for a reason and a purpose, and I'm going to maximize this moment. Will you maximize the moments with God, even when your community says, not right now? In that same way, the culture of the time that this woman was in recognized that she was one, a woman. She was two, not highly favored by Jews because she was Samaritan. She was, we've already established that she was a social outcast, and she was also unwed as was provided to her when God read her, her life. The culture says that this person isn't even worthy of being in Jesus' presence, that this person isn't even worthy of abundance. This person isn't even worthy of a crown. This person is not worthy. We don't even, they didn't even give her a name. In spite of all of these things that culture says, the, the more, the bigger community, she did not allow the culture to pull her back 
from who she was called to be. In spite of, she embraced her crown and went into that same community, went against the culture and was able to turn some things around. And that same power and authority that the woman at the well had, I want to just remind you that you too have been gifted with that same authority. And so as you leave this call for tonight, as you go throughout this week, I want you to reflect back on that initial quote. Your crown is waiting for you as soon as you get the courage to wear it. I am encouraging you as you leave tonight to stand up for yourself and say that I am ready to wear my crown boldly, courageously, and unapologetically. That is the word that I have for you all on this evening. I pray that it has blessed you, that it has encouraged you to take yourself to a whole new level, that it has opened up your mind to the things that God has been calling you to, that you've been holding back. I want you to say that I am no longer going to allow those things to keep me back, not self, not community, not culture, but I am going to walk forward and embrace the crown that God has already placed on my head and that I am going to allow my head to be raised in all moments, in all situations. I am going to keep it on my head with prayer and praise. And I am going to embrace my authority, embrace my mark of honor and be the queen that my God has called, created and designed me to be. Heavenly and gracious Father, we thank you on this day, oh God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, oh God. We thank you for calling each and every one of us to this call in this hour, in this season, oh God. We know that you are doing a mighty work in our lives and we submit and surrender ourselves to you so that you can have your way. We thank you for just reminding us of the things of our past, but allowing us to know that those things don't define us, that those things don't dictate where it is that we can go, how far we can reach and what is coming next. We thank you for just reminding us that in spite of what it is that we've done, that you can still use those very places within us. And I pray that you just begin to reveal to us how it is that you want us to go forward, what it is that we need to release. As we are getting rid of the battle in our mind, I pray that you just begin to reveal to us the things that we need to surrender to you in the name of Jesus. The devil cannot no longer have our minds. We are no longer his playground, oh God. We allow you to come in. We welcome you into this place on this night, oh God. And in this place, I mean, into our hearts, oh God, into our spirits, oh God, so that you can have your way, so that you can rework the things in us that need to be reworked, that you can rewire the things that need to be rewired, so that you can mend the things that need to be mended, oh God. You can use the brokenness, oh God. You can use the backstabbing, oh God. You can use the heartbreak, oh God. You can use the grief, oh God. You can use the molestation, oh God. You can use the violence, oh God. You can use anything within us, oh God, to go forth and do the things that you called us and created us to be, oh God. And so we thank you for reminding us that there is more for us to do, that we will not be defined by our past shame and guilt, that we will not be defined by what our community says that we are. We will not allow culture to dictate how far we can go, oh God, but we rest in your presence, knowing that you have already marked us with honor, oh God, that you have already created us for more than we can ever think or imagine, oh God. And so we thank you for what it is that you're doing. We thank you for not just what you're doing with each and every one of us who is on this call right now, but those that will listen later to the replay, oh God. We thank you for what it is that you're doing for each and every woman that is connected to us, oh God. That as we are in this Women's History Month, that as we are embracing what it is that you've called us into, that are, as you are reminding us that we are creating a legacy for those that are following us, my God. 
that each of us that have daughters on this call, oh God, that you are beginning to allow our daughters, even in their teen years, even in their young adult years, even in their elementary years, their developmental years, you are beginning to place the crown Jesus on their heads so they can walk in the full authority now that you have already invested in them so they don't have to struggle through some of the things that we struggle with, oh God. We thank you for beginning to cultivate that ground right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for those who may not have daughters, but we may have nieces and granddaughters and mentees that you are doing a work in their lives. Again, anyone that is connected to us, we thank you for the legacy that is being built just in this moment right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what it is that you're doing, oh God. We thank you for using us in a time such as this. And as you continue to bring us together, oh God, as you continue to strengthen us, oh God, we pray a special prayer for your daughter, for your queen, Latanya, oh God, for Latanya Stewart. Only you know what she's feeling right now. Only you know the cries of her heart right now. Only you know her Hannah moments, oh God. But we submit her to you right now in the name of Jesus, that you will comfort her in the way that she never even thought or imagined, oh God, that you will give her a peace that surpasses all understanding, oh God. For your word says that it is even in the darkness that your light comes, oh God, that it is even in the midst of the storm that you can show up and show out. And so we pray that you just continue to just allow her to rest in your presence, oh God, that you allow her to seek your face through prayer and praise and know that you are with her, oh God. Your words that you will says that you will never leave her nor forsake her, oh God. So as she is walking this out, oh God, we pray that you give her strength each and every day this week, especially on Thursday, oh God, as she is putting into the ground those babies, oh God. We pray that you be with her and each and every one of her family members, each and every one of her friends, everyone that is standing in the gap with her, oh God, that you give them all the strength to hold up her arms, oh God, that you give each and every family member of the other young men what they need to embrace this season, oh God. And that as Thursday begins to depart her life, but every day going after, she'll have to live out the memories, oh God, Jesus. She'll have to walk in the guilt, oh God, and, and the grief, oh God. I pray that you just begin to surround her in your presence, oh God, that you just wrap your loving arms around her and know that she's not alone even in those moments. When the people leave, oh God, my God, when the people leave, allow her to know that she is not alone, that you are still with her in those moments, oh God. We pray that you just cover her and keep her on every side. Continue to bind us together in the name of Jesus. We ask that you meet every unspoken request on this line, oh God. You know what we stand in need of, oh God. You know what it is that our hearts are yearning for in the name of Jesus, whether it's in our families, in our marriage, in our finances, in the workplace, in our ministries. We submit it to you right now to have your divine way. We thank you for the crowns on our heads. We thank you for the authority that you've given us. We thank you to, for the reminder that we are... Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of On The Beam. I hope that you have gotten some word or some nugget of empowerment or encouragement, motivation and inspiration to just keep you balanced and focused while on the beam of life. Come back for the next episode and be sure to share this podcast with your friends, families and loved ones. I love you, I'll be praying for you, and I am here standing in the gap with you. Have a great day. Peace.